to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And uh, we're recording a little differently today, so hopefully folks will uh, bear with us uh, on the sound. Now, you mentioned just before we jumped into the, the conversation today that there was a post on Reddit that had gone... Its own little world it did. It was basically, um, uh, to celebrate Pride Month, all the subreddits are doing whatever. One of the, 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 the subs that I'm on is for Red Letter Media, which is a, it's really just a movie review channel. But it was a picture of two of the guys on Red Letter Media just sitting on the couch, like with their arms around each other. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's so cute. And uh, a whole discussion showed up about how it's important for straight men to also have physically intimate relationships and it's not it, it not everything has to be utilized and not everything has to be shipped and and as much as it is very healthy for um you know for there to be positive representation of same-sex couples it's also incredibly positive for you know for straight men and straight women to be shown being physical with their friends because mm -hmm. it normalizes it so that the gays can do it too. Absolutely. And it, it shows that uh, for young queer folks that completely... I, mean, I, I know I've mentioned this many, many times. When I lived in Hong Kong, uh, I had... Uh, there were um, students that I had when I would go out in public and they would hold my hand. And it was really just so that we wouldn't lose each other <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah. And the first time it happened, I was like, well, that was weird. Uh, and then they said, like, yeah, no, it's just there's a big crowd and... If we got separated, that would have been it. Like, we wouldn't have found each other for hours, so... Another thing that has gone viral on Reddit is a post. And, uh, you know, sometimes Queerty picks up on uh, picks up on these things. Yes. Uh, essentially, it was a 24-year-old man who was talking about how... He says COVID has essentially ruined his 20s. And his ability to, to adult... And what I thought was really interesting was the examples that he gave in that, you know, when he's chatting to other, because I, I very recently was hanging out with a uh, young gay man in his, I think he was 19. Okay. And uh, I was asking, oh, wow, you know, coming out in the pandemic, how has that been? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't really jump up and down, you know, celebrate so much when you have to keep a hockey stick distance from, from everybody. It's mm -hmm. had to be, you know flirty and baby gay and, and just all of the fun things when you're isolating. Mm -hmm. So I was really curious about that piece. But what was really interesting, he was saying that, you know, gay guys who are now in their late 20s, early 30s, who had that kind of coming out moment and that early adulthood of going to the clubs, mm -hmm. you know, networking, you know, having... Like, we were roommates and just, like, house parties and building community. Mm -hmm. He's like, no one, no one in his particular 20s coming out age bracket can do that mm -hmm. because of all of the isolation of the pandemic mm -hmm. and the fact that inflation has made everything. You know, we talk a lot about lesbian potluck parties, yes. right? Yes, and do. this is one of the things that apparently aged me to this group of young queer uh -huh. women. Because I was like, look, one of the amazing I mean, things... it's older than me. Like, it's much older. I'm too young to go to a And you're older than me. Our <laughs> listeners do not know this, but, but Sebastian is older than me by about five years or so. Nine. Nine years. Well, I mean, the oso was clearly four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're older than me by about uh, nine years. Basically and, a decade. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
the first batch of, of... The generation before me, yeah. Well, uh, I'm last of the Gen Xers, first of the Millennials, and you're last of the Millennials, first of the... So we were we were talking about it, and I said, you know, lesbian potluck... And I, normally, we wouldn't cover ground that we've discussed before on the show, but what amazed me, mm-hmm. that in this room of young queer women who were all doing amazing wager work, none of them knew about the lesbian potluck rules. Mm-hmm. And we we met with two amazing uh, women. And for the longest time, I thought, is this something that my mother made up or something? But we had Tammy on the show, and she we told her about this, and she's like, I remember the seventies. That's exactly right. Yeah, we had uh, that uh, a conversation with two old lesbians over dinner, and they got us talking about lesbian potluck rules. Yes, and essentially, I think we should bring it back. I think everyone, yes, 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 yes. even if you're straight. Do a lesbian potluck rule. Yeah. What are the rules? Rule number one. Rule number one. Uh, bring a, a a bottle of some kind of libation. Well, it, it's one of three things. Yes, you, okay. you choose one of the three things. Two out of three or three out of three is also good, but minimum one of three. And that's, that's the rules. You right. bring one of these three things. Right, so the first is a bottle of something. And the idea of that one is it's for the house. Yeah. Because not everyone can afford to go and grab an extra bottle of wine on the way. Mm. Not everyone has the time to stop and grab a bottle of wine on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, the, the house where this house party is being held yeah. has just backup drinks yeah. that everyone can feel comfortable to just come and, and, and you know, enjoy it's themselves. It's also just a social lubricant. And you're not you're not going to a lesbian potluck to get drunk. It's, no, It's no, a social no. lubricant, that's it. Um, but it really, it's just about helping out in, you know, the, the party environment. So that's, that's option number one. Two. Option number two, which is a covered dish. Do not bring a bag of chips. Was it a covered dish? Yes. I knew it was a home-cooked It was Well, covered food. dish is short for... For home cooked. Yeah. Not a bucket of KFC, not a bag of chips. It has to be something you made yourself because it's a conversation starter. It is. It's like, did you see Sandra's mac and cheese? Do you remember? Like her toasty bits. Do you remember we made, we had a lesbian house uh, uh, potluck party Mm -hmm. and I brought ambrosia salad. The the salad with marshmallows in it. Everyone stared at it thinking that looks disgusting. And then, and then our Turkish friend had, like, a little bit of it, and then he went back and, like, filled his plate. It was like, nobody eat it. It's disgusting. And you could tell. <laughs> you could tell he loved it and didn't want to share it. And then all of a sudden, everybody was eating it. Like, that is mm-hmm. the moment that you want at a lesbian potluck. Now, we, we also, I think, in the same didn't make an aspect, because I think that's a type of tie. No, aspect. No, I'm thinking of, like, a cravat. I'm getting a cravat an aspect. and an aspect mi- mixed up, yeah. I don't mind aspect, and I'm even willing to say that the aspect that I made was atrocious and disgusting. Yeah, and it's 70 stuff. I mean, there are listeners yeah. here who are going, like, oh, my God, aspect. That's yeah, a callback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, it's like a jello mold, but with, like... It's savory. Savory. Yeah. And with the most d- disturbing things in there. Do you remember what you put in your aspect? Uh, yes, I used uh, lemon jello, which is pretty standard, Uh Beef uh, consomme. Yes. You need so, it to be clear. Nice, nice beef. And then uh, peas, carrots, and little bits of cubed ham. Uh, and I think I put cheese in there too, and I regret that because it went weird. I mean, the whole mm. thing went weird, but yeah, no, it was a. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So if you ever want anyone ever want to disturb children, just make an aspect. That one was like okay. The... the the one that was really awful was I made a vegan one for my my vegan friend, and uh, I used um, the agar. Agar agar. 
and I used way too much agar. Oh. And if you remember, at one point I put my full body weight on it, and it, and it could, didn't move. It could support yeah, 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 me. Yeah, 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 no, it was. It was. Don't 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 make an aspic out of agar. It's just a bad scene. But that one was a tomato soup, mm-hmm. uh, jello mold, which was just awful. But anyway, the whole point is. Uh, who made this? What's the recipe? Yeah, it's yeah. an icebreaker. It it gives you an opportunity if there's someone that you see and you want to so talk to them. You're at the house party and you're like, oh my god, who made yeah. the cheese and ham pea carrot aspect? Or and like it was Sebastian, and now we're all talking about you or to you. I fundamentally disagree with these seven layers on this dip, or they put it in the wrong order. Yeah, or, yeah, or something like that. Oh, you know, I think the example that Joyce gave us was like a mac and cheese, and the, you know, women in the seventies, they were they were all making these mac and cheeses, yeah. and the the cheese ingredients, the ratios, yeah. the the bake or no bake. Even at the conference I was at, mm-hmm. there was table talk about mac and cheese. I mean, I remember going to a house party where an argument broke out as to whether or not it was appropriate to put pickles in the potato salad. In that cornichon, yes. Yes, yes. Just whole pickles. Mm. Mm. So the third rule, uh, or the third option, is you bring a single friend. And it yes. has to be a single friend, and it has to be... Someone who uh, is not a part of the social circle that you want to bring in. And just needs to meet people. Just needs to meet people. Someone who needs to get out of the house more often. That, that's really it. Ideally, um, people would bring at least two out of three. And the idea is that you expand the circle. Um, this idea of bringing a single friend with you also kind of lets people meet people and meet between quotation marks the wink wink kind of meet people i mean these are lesbian potlucks like there is a certain amount of meeting followed by u-hauls followed by terrible breakups followed by i'm never talking to that woman again they're actually we we know a married couple who met each other at one of our lesbian potlucks they got married from our lesbian potlucks you're gonna have to tell me in the break who this is (laughs) that's adorable but what i the reason why I wanted to bring it up again on the show Mm -hmm. is because, and I think it speaks to this sort of 24 year old struggling with how do I live my best life and connect and, and, and get my life together Mm -hmm. when there's so little options available. Mm -hmm. You know, I think house parties are going to probably do really well now that, you know, because everything else is quite expensive Mm -hmm. and just bear in mind these three options. It doesn't take much to say I'm having a house party Either bring an extra bottle of something, so it's not just BYOB, it's BY and something for the house. Yeah. Or a dish. You won't believe how little food Gen Z eat at parties. <laughs> like, my sister was telling me about a party they went to, and they had to walk to, a, like, a quickie mart to eat something to avoid just passing out from hunger. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's not how you maintain energy levels. Like, you know, eat something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's important. It, it gives parties life, and more importantly, it gives parties body, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes them more sustainable. People want to come back because mm-hmm. you're not just getting rip-roaring drunk and then, you know, staggering into work the next day. You're actually conversation, talking, building relationships, yes. building friendships, mm-hmm. you know, all of these key things, mm-hmm. and bringing single friends. We've met so many people just through our three, you know, our social circles yeah. interacting yeah, yeah. at uh, at house parties. So yeah, if you're in your twenties or thirties or really at any age, yeah, and you're thinking about doing a house party, make those the rules. Yeah, and you know, you 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 know, we have been very pleasantly surprised at uh, how that's how they unfolded. Mm-hmm. The crickets was a mess. Oh God! Yeah, somebody brought 
barbecued crickets. Yeah. yeah. When we said crickets, we don't mean like somebody told a joke. Uh, it was, which is usually me, but no, that was... It was usual, it was literal crickets and everyone who ate them got sick. Yeah, I refused to eat them and I was fine the next day. And yeah. Everyone who actually ate them was sick. So yeah, the, you know, homemade dish does not include crickets. Yeah. Unless ideally. you're really good at cooking them, but even then, ideally I mean, not. yeah, no. Yeah. All right, let's jump to our first track. And when we get back, we might actually cover some gay news. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, our first song is Shooting at the Moon, and this is by Muriel Buckley, and I really like this track. It's, it's very entertaining. We will be back.
welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian, and oh my god, my face right now. I, I we're, we're currently at Luke's, and I get here, and then I see his cat, and they go, Kitty! Because, of course, if you're a cat person, you act surprised every time you see a cat, even if you know it's there, even if you know there's cats. So I pick up, I lovingly pick up his 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 cat Mabel, and she looks at me right in the eye, and she says, I have something to tell you. And I say, what is it that you want to share with me, lovely cat? And she says, it's molting season. And then she just exploded fur right into my eyes. And uh, so if you hear me sniffling, uh, you can you can blame Mabel. Yeah, we'll blame my cat. You yes. know, that sounds about right. She does usually whisper sweet nothings into my ear as well, but then she, like, headbutts me aggressively. Yeah. So it's, You it's... need one of those, like, Ferminators. The things that we look do. Like, the, like, a, like a saw that's been folded in half. Mm-hmm. It looks aggressive and dangerous, but cats go crazy for yeah, it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're going to have to get on top of it so that uh, people don't die when they interact with our various pets. Mm. Um, so the we have a Eurovision story. Oh, you didn't Eurovision you story. didn't know about this Eurovision story. Now, we were talking at nauseum about how uh, the Ukrainian entries for Eurovision, yeah. um, the Kulish Orchestra, um, competed. Now, we had that that bucket hat, that sort of uh, um, pink bucket hat, salmon-coloured okay, bucket yes. hat. Yes. He auctioned off the bucket hat and the uh, Kulish Orchestra auctioned off the glass microphone like the actual trophy for Eurovision. And they raised about $900,000 from auctioning off this bucket hat and the trophy. $900,000 American? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, about $700,000 British. So, yeah, $900,000 American. And, uh, yeah, they're using that money to buy two unmanned drones to help fight off the Russians. Oh, my God. You know, and it's, (laughs) it's like, I mean, it's... It, it, it there's almost no words for it but i i thought that this story is a little old it's about a week old okay but um i didn't i knew you probably hadn't hadn't heard this one but yeah it was a pretty big deal at the I time i think i saw that headline and, and skim past it because something else caught my eye but yeah, it's familiar but i didn't actually read the details but uh that's yeah no that's your vision for you right there so we talked a little bit last week about monkeypox, yes. and uh, we're going to keep an eye on this as the story continues to mm-hmm. unfold. Now, the first thing I want to mention is just a quick recap. It's you know there it it spreads in in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. You know the the science is broadly, you know understood. Err on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah. you know always err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that we've been able to pull out of uh, the World Health Organization's information about this, and uh, you know Public Health Canada and so on and so forth, is essentially if you have infected skin, and you are touching infected skin, mm-hmm. then you stand a very good chance of also being infected by yes. it. So skin to skin contact yes. is particularly. Uh, you know, and not it, good. It's not very, uh, it, it's not very covert either. Like at the most infectious time is also the time when it's most obvious that you have an infection. It's not like, oh, what is it? I think it's gonorrhea. You're, you're at your most infectious a week before you show symptoms. 
it's not like that at all. It, it's, I mean, gonorrhea is a bad example because monkeypox is being reputed as a sexually transmitted mm-hmm. disease, which is not. It's a skin-to-skin yeah, so, and, yeah. and other elements. Well, yeah. so it's more like the common cold, where a cold is infectious about three days before you start showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty, I don't want to say it's easy to spot, easy to avoid, but it's easier to spot and easier to avoid than most infectious diseases. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's, Good to know. Yeah. I think that's that's a small sense of reassurance that we mm-hmm. all need. You know, the World Health Organization reckons there's at least about 500 cases across the world confirmed mm-hmm. um, already. So this is definitely increasing. Mm-hmm. And what's of concern to the World Health Organization is summer festivals and uh, parties. Yes. Now, it's... A little ironic that in the previous segment we were encouraging house parties. Yes. But I think what they're saying is when you're rubbing up against people sort of arm to arm in a mosh pit. Yes. Or, you know, getting sweaty and dancing all over each other. um, There's going to be a bit of skin to skin contact. Yeah. Especially if it's a very busy party Mm -hmm. um, or a party named after a colour in the gay community. Because, you know, they get very sweaty with a lot of skin to skin contact. Especially the black party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So these things, you know, there are a concern from Mm -hmm. the World Health Organization and they've said, you know, heads up, Mm -hmm. they could be mega spreaders because of the just volume of Of touching touching that goes on. Now, a story that I didn't expect to see is uh, uh, there's been another 71 cases in the UK at time of recording uh, about this. And the British Health Authority have had to now notify people who have been diagnosed with monkeypox to not then have sex with people. So just a just a recap for yeah. the audience in the back there. Yeah. Um, the main way monkeypox is spread, you know, from what we can tell from the World Health Organization, skin to skin contact. Yeah. The British Health Authorities are set, reminding, gently reminding people. That if you have monkeypox... Yes, confirmed to have. Yes. Confirmed to have monkeypox. Do not then spread your skin all over other people. You know, I... I I, I mean, I'm at a loss of words. Mm. You know, how... How much hand-holding do folks need not to spread a disease? I mean, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we've learned recently just how much hand-holding is needed for, uh, for that. It's, yeah. And, and, and the, the messaging within the community is really garbled because a lot of people are saying if you discourage people from having sex, that's sex-shaming uh, and... We don't want to people. We don't want for people to make disease transmission to be taboo, but monkeypox is really only active for I think it's about two weeks on average from when the, the blisters first show up until they resolve themselves. Yeah, it's about two weeks. So we're not saying this. This is a very different message from like if you have HIV, you must now become a nun. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not that messaging. It's if you have monkeypox, just don't get laid for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait until you recover because yeah. you will recover. Yeah. You know, and it reminds me of, you know, in the early days of the pandemic when they were researching this, researching the living bejeebas out of Corona-19. Yeah. And they found traces of it in semen. Like they found mm-hmm. that it could possibly, potentially 
be transmitted via semen and therefore would be a sexually transmitted disease. But they didn't then announce all of our plans to avoid catching yeah. COVID-19 is a condom. No, no. It was like there's other ways beyond that. Well, and I mean, kissing would be a much better way to transfer than, than semen. Yeah, I know. And then you're basically saying, what? And then, and then, and then uh, uh, the, the, the health uh, secretary in... Uh, yeah, recommending glory holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Then, but then it's like, if kissing is more like, oh my God, no, this is, it's weird. The whole thing was weird. It's but just... the reason why I bring up this, and by the way, that was Vancouver Public Health and I believe some other US states public health recommended physical barriers to avoid breathing on each other. They're basically encouraging sex without case kissing. That's just... Yeah, yeah, I know. It takes all the fun away. Yeah. Where's the intimacy if yeah. you can't make out? But anyway, um, back to the topic of monkeypox. So essentially what they're saying is like, look, does monkeypox get transmitted through semen? We don't particularly believe so. Yeah. But if you're having intercourse you're very likely to be touching skin. And that is what, <laughs> that is the act that's, it, it's the skin touching. Yeah, so had, it's not a sexually transmitted disease. Like a glory hole and a funnel. Then you might be able to transmit like monkeypox like like, I, I without mean, touching. Like it's very specific circumstances to get the STI without everything leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. So um, the UK uh, Health Service Authority says... Anyone who is possible, probable, confirmed monkeypox, yeah. just like, like, take a take a break, yeah, yeah. take a breather, and and then we'll see what goes from there. But I mean, come on, like, <laughs> this is publicly issued health advice. If you have a disease that mm. relies on touching skin, don't touch people's skin. I'm like, ugh. It'll probably take you twice as long to watch every Spider-Man movie than to wait for monkeypox to resolve. So just start watching Spider-Man movies. That's that's the, the solution to, to monkeypox, clearly. Absolutely. Now, monkeypox has... There's a has... lot of Spider-Man movies. This is true. There's too many Spider-Man movies. That is also There's true. There's so many heroes. Why do we keep going back to the same ones? But anyway. I know. Anyway, that's unrelated. Um, in, in more disturbing news related to monkeypox, and we are stressing it, public health is stressing it, yeah. This is not a gay disease. Yeah. This is someone who has touched the body of someone who is now has it. Yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, but in Afghanistan, the Taliban who took control in Afghanistan mm -hmm. uh, quite recently are now using monkeypox as a pretense to round up uh, homosexuals that they're aware of oh. in, in Afghanistan. So I believe in Kabul... Um, at least two gay men have been known and reported on to have been rounded up specifically with public safety uh, as the excuse being used. Now, in all, you know, these things don't pop up out of thin air. You know, it started at a gay sauna. Or th th some of the explosion in infections was a gay sauna in Spain. Yeah. And then, you know... Some, and then one in Montreal. Some well-to-do homosexuals then went to Montreal, yeah. which is also a sex capital. And uh, then those folks moved around from there. I'm not sure if many of them then also went to Kabul, Afghanistan. Yeah, I was... <laughs> you know what I mean? As you're saying that, I was thinking... Didn't they shut their borders? Like, I know it's not completely non-porous. They are letting people in and out of the country. But it's difficult to go in and out I of the I can tell you, Kabul, Afghanistan, is not a known gay destination. Well, you know what I mean? I mean? It's like, 
It wasn't on my holiday plans for 2025. But I don't know, like humanitarian workers or uh, business people who are there to sell coal? I don't know. Is it possible that monkeypox is genuinely there and these gay men genuinely have monkeypox? Absolutely, that is a possibility. However, the reporting on the ground very strongly seems to suggest that the Taliban is just using this mm. as a scare tactic to be able to get away with rounding up known homosexuals uh, in, in, in Afghanistan. Uh, we reported before on allegations of there being a list. And uh, whenever we report on there being an existing list of names, it never ends well. Yeah. And uh, there's been reports for a while that Afghanistan and in, in Afghanistan, the Taliban have a list that they're working on. So in, in other news... We've been following the Kevin Spacey story. Oh, more Kevin Spacey. More Kevin Spacey. Yeah. So this has been weirdly on, ongoing. I'll recap as quickly as I, I can. But essentially, um, there's been a, a slew of, of allegations against him by various men of various ages. Mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, include that. Um, of sexual harassment, uh, sexual assault... Um, a lot of coercion. Lots of coercion there, and manipulation, yeah. Not so much force, but a lot of coercion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Crown Prosecution Service in the United Kingdom um, laid four uh, assault charges mm -hmm. against Kevin Spacey. Now, Kevin Spacey, I believe, is living in the United States. Mm -hmm. And there was a brief but energetic conversation about whether or not Britain would extradite Kevin Spacey to uh, account for these allegations mm -hmm. uh, against him. Now, it has been reported uh, just shortly before we, we recorded today that Kevin Spacey will voluntarily make his own way to the court uh, to answer the charges. Mm -hmm. So... Do I think it's the right thing to do and not be extradited? I mean, yeah. Britain and the USA move people back and forward all the time. Yeah, I think yeah. it was pretty much a done deal that uh, they would come in. Well, you remember what my cynical answer was, don't you? What was your cynical answer? That he's doing it on his own so he can fly first class. And not bundled in the back of yeah. a, a, you know, an economy. If you're going to go over anyway, you may as well drink champagne instead of having a, an air marshal sit next to you. Yep. So apparently uh, in a statement to Good Morning America, he says, uh, and I quote the statement here, I very much appreciate the Crown Prosecu Prosecution Service's announced statement in which they carefully reminded the media and the public mm -hmm. that I am entitled to a fair trial and innocent until proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would echo that. Oh, yeah. Maybe the large volume of people who have made allegations against Kevin Spacey are all incorrect well maybe i think there's definitely a where there's smoke there's fire i mean this was the one of the original intents of the me too movement what like the the big ones were um cosby and weinstein weinstein where it was just when you have dozens or potentially over a hundred women in the case of cosby saying the exact same story maybe you should listen i think with kevin spacey i mean well actually with all three of them there comes a point where Chances of at least one person leveling accusations against them just being a copycat and nothing happened, there, there's a chance that there'd be at least one person. But I'm still inclined to believe the other 
uh, 12 to 80 people, depending on who you're talking about, that probably most of them are right, you know? And if he goes to England, it turns out he's guilty on three out of four charges. It'd be like, either they didn't have enough evidence, or maybe that fourth person was just looking for attention. It's not impossible. Yeah. Unlikely, because why? that's not the kind of attention most people would want. But not everyone is uh, sane and rational. So mm -hmm. you never know. But it, it is good that he's definitely facing his day in court. And the British system is very good at privacy. So we're not going to have like... We're not going to know who these four people are. No. And, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, is definitely worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something I don't think we've seen in the US where there were similar civil cases mm -hmm. that fell apart because judges required them to come forward and be public. Yes. And, you know, folks just were not comfortable publicly mm -hmm. coming out like that. So yes. we'll see how it goes and uh, we'll follow the case. Not reporting every single week on it because that would be uh just too much yeah. just too much yeah, yeah yeah all right let's jump to our next track this is meat machine Ooh. by shabam um sort of spelled like siobhan but with like a bam in there shabam at least i assume that's how it's spelled and siobhan is spelled like it you would think it would be pronounced seoban seoban yeah maybe this is just siobhan but there's like <laughs> extra m's in there so i'm like shabam anyway whatever this is uh meat machine by siobhan or shabam and uh it's a bit of a bit of a power ballad for for by folks mm -hmm. so i love it and we will be back just after
Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian. Now, if you are in Austria, Austria, so maybe you're just day tripping in Vienna, uh-huh. as as one does. Yes. And instead of having anything Venetian, you decided to go with Burger King because <laughs> you know it's when you're hot hot footing around Europe. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just want a Burger King. Okay. Well, in Burger King, you can now get your Whopper like you get your sex life. And that is with maybe two tops or two bottoms. Okay. And I kid you not, Austrian Burger King, in order to engage with the LGBT community, are now offering their Whoppers with two bottom bits of the buns for the bottoms out there or two top bits of the buns. Um for the tops out That's there. That's where all the sesame seeds are. Yeah, I know. Everyone's going to want two tops. I would go with two bottoms just because I, I feel like the tops are just that much more bread. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just like the bottoms. I mean, that's just where that's just where I'm at. Um, yeah. Oh, you can have the bread on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the, for the sides we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I think... Most people are reacting with what on earth? Yeah. I mean, yeah, me and you have the, uh, chuckle lightly. And maybe this is just Burger King Austria trying to be a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, but like, are buns gendered and sexed? No, thank you. I mean, it, it, it's clearly, I mean, it's clearly being punny. I mean, are Austrians what happens when Germans have a sense of humor? I mean, a lot of people are what what happens when Germans have a sense of humor. So you know, it's mm. it's not a not a short list. But yeah, the Pride Whopper you can just change out change out the bun. I mean, I see what they're trying to do. Um, here here's the thing: if they're doing it for a little bit of of light fun and they're not taking themselves seriously, then I'm all for it. Because every year during Pride, there's at least one organization who do some nonsense. Like we changed the label on our beer bottle to be lavender out of support for the community and they take it so seriously and then everyone asks okay but then what like do you take the profits and donate it or are you is this symbolic of how you're changing your internal hiring policies like or should we as a gay community just be glad that there's more purple products yeah like how are we what is like what are you trying to convey if they're doing it for a laugh like, yeah. if they're doing it in the spirit of Wendy's Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, then I would think that that's great. You know, that that's cute. It's kind of funny. It's it's being playful. And, and Lord knows we need more playfulness. Now, in North America, the Pride Whopper, I'm sure if you asked, they would swap out the bits of buns. I'm sure, you know, that, that can that can happen. Okay. But it's not, it's not standard. Um, but rather, it's the wrapping that says, you know, we're all the same on the inside. Okay. And it's the same burger in each wrapping because 
Because it's a fast food place and everything. Because, yeah, and everything's identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I get that. I get that, you know, if we were to all be chopped in half, the the bits on the inside would all look the same. You're all humans Mm -hmm. and our broad anatomy and so on and so forth are, you know, pretty much the same. There's not a lot of deviation in in humanity as a species. I think this brings up Tori Amos's second album. Uh, I don't know how we went <laughs> from two tops and a whopper yeah, yeah, yeah. to slicing people to Tori Amos's second album. Yeah, yeah, it was called Draw, the, draw the Dots there. It was, it was called Under the Pink, and the idea was that uh, everyone looks different, but then if you remove our skin, we're all pink. Oh, I see. But then under the pink, we're all different again. Oh, I see. So that, like, inside, inside, we're all different, mm-hmm. even though we're from the same mass of pink goo. Yes. So uh, she had a weird penchant for bizarre metaphor. That's kind of one of the things she's known for. So this is not necessarily alarming that this was her, you know, under the pink, we're all different again. So that was her general. I don't know why, because that album was not necessarily even thematically oriented around interpersonal difference. It was just, I saw that in an interview and I thought that was a weird thing to call your, your, your album, Boys for Play, made a lot more sense. But anyway. So this reminds me of uh, one of the stations that we are carried on has launched a fantastic new program working with uh, connecting. Whoppers. No, no, not oh. Whopper Burgers. <laughs> but um, connecting older LGBT seniors with younger uh, LGBT folks who want to create podcasts together. Are, are you saying that because I brought up Tori Amos that I'm an older LGBT? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But it does date you. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I mean, I think... But one one of the things that happened is in the sort of social media reaction to announcing this product, mm. someone said, why is the gay community now not just getting a whole month to themselves mm. where everything is rainbow? Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, there's either hot the International Day against uh, homophobia and transphobia, which I believe is in May. Okay. There's a couple of other days and now, you know, programming that happens all the time. Like... You know, what are we doing for veterans? Like, veterans don't get an entire month of, of like, companies rolling out, uh, you know, veteran flags. And I get that. I absolutely hear it. And I I understand where they're coming from. I think, is there a degree of companies waving the flag just to be seen to be waving the flag? 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Depends on the company. Some of them... Some of them are definitely just cynical advertising, marketing, trying to attract new customers. Some of them genuinely do have, uh, you know, like maybe they have uh, LGBT owners or they have Mm -hmm. an internal culture that's very supportive. Like Skittles. We love how Skittles has managed this. I actually, I met the marketing director for uh, SurveyMonkey when I was on a train coming Mm -hmm. back from Toronto one year. And it just fell out of conversation that half the people in the office are queer. So if SurveyMonkey did a whole bunch of rainbow stuff on their, their page, then that would just be like half the company identifies and they were just showing that this, you know, they have an internal culture and the software industry is kind of known for being a boys club. So this would be very relevant. Like mm-hmm. there are contexts when you see that, you're like, that makes sense. That's not marketing. That's not cynical. That's something internal that is interesting about that company uh, but that's not always the case. It often Absolutely, is yeah. just cynical marketing. Yeah, and I think there is that. I think with 
the example of radio programming, I think we need to elevate all kinds of voices that don't get heard. Mm. And I think that we should be bringing all of them to the fore. You know, the idea that a part of the comment was, you know, when it comes to veterans, LGBT veterans are included in all of the other veteran things, you know. But at the same time, we've reported on The Purge, where mm. quite significantly yeah. LGBT veterans were not just not recognized, but mm -hmm. also purposefully evicted from uh, the, you know, the military. So I, I, I think there's things that we all need to be considerate of. I do believe that June gets very loud yeah. with pride. Yeah. And I mean that in terms of everything is blanketed. You yeah. know, TD decides to turn every building gay <laughs> for, for you know, pride. But that, they yeah. also try to turn everything pride into TD, which is a different Yeah, this is so true. Yeah. You know, they turn all the buildings into, you know, into gay. But they also try and stick the, their logo on every pride parade yeah. that, uh, that we come across. So, I mean, it, it's just about trying to marry that brand to being open and in the community and so on. And mm. I, don't, I don't think Gen Z is buying into it as much as uh, as previously. I think, I don't I think, think there's cynicism that is growing with each subsequent <laughs> generation. I don't know if that's generational. I think every generation looks at it with cynicism. It was just it becomes like, more cynical than the one before. Oh, I think it, it's more people okay so the the first big one was uh second cup because second cup was the first major corporation in canada to extend uh partners benefits to same-sex couples so when that happened everybody was like this is a very big deal this is actually partly inspired by kids in the hall because the the steps uh segment that they did every so often they, they had a skit of a bunch of like gay men standing on the steps and the steps were the steps in front of the, the Church Street Second Cup. Mm -hmm. And that place was known as being like the gayest non-alcoholic establishment in the GTA. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of expanded out from there and it got a reputation. Blah, blah, blah. So people were just so excited to have corporations acknowledge them. And then, so in the 2000s, it was relevant. In the 90s, yeah. it was relevant. In the 2010s, kind of relevant and now it's just I think like... in the 2010s corporations had a bit of a reckoning yes where the gay community is like wow we're really glad that you now see us and acknowledge us yeah but now you're making all the money off of us and yeah. giving nothing back it's yeah, a yeah. very extractive exploitative approach to working with the community it's not even working with the community it's just making money off the community yeah, yeah, yeah. and the 2010s that's when that penny dropped but we're in the 2020s now yeah, yeah. we're in the 2020s and I think now where even the gay community is like, have we gone too far? Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of like it when companies say, you know, no, we are not changing our logo. We, we make socks. Like, there's not much for us to contribute to the message. So, you know, good on you for having, you know, human rights and equality. But uh, we treat our own employees fairly and that's about all we can do. We, mm -hmm. We're a company that puts buttons on jackets. Like... And just and I like it when they're just yeah. realistic. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, you know, have a nice day. We just make pizza. So when when companies do that, I think that there's actually something about that honesty. Yeah. Of like, we neither generate nor resolve human rights complaints. It's none of our business. I I actually have more respect for them than somebody who's trying to impose themselves into somewhere where they don't belong. Now. 
I mean, we... In current had, year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago, it's a different story. But in current year, no. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to end on a bit of a good news story. Okay. And that is about the New York Port Authority. Okay. Now, I mean, our listeners are going, what? where are these guys coming from? Yeah, like, I don't first, remember talking They're talking about, about Austrian, Austrian Whopper Burgers and now the New York Port Authority. And the reason why... Does it have to do with sailors? Oh, you know, I, I am always happy to have a conversation about <laughs> sailors and the Port Authority. But it actually, it's funny you say that. Okay. Because the New York Port Authority has for decades and decades and decades, mm. the police, New York Police Service and the Port Authority Police have used plainclothes officers to specifically and almost exclusively mm. raid washrooms and other spaces for men having sex with men. Okay. Um, and they've, you know, generally just targeted gay men or men who may not be gay but are engaging in that activity mm-hmm. in those spaces. Mm-hmm. They don't do put the same kind of effort into checking up on the women. They don't use the effort to target other types of misdemeanors or crimes in the area. Mm-hmm. But they seem to be really keen on policing that particular activity. Right, okay. More so than, than you know, it's disproportionate and uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And often what happens is queer-looking folks, so people who look a bit gay... Okay. Or gay people who are just going in and out of the port... Okay. Which does happen. We oh. also have business that involves ports. Yeah. Um, they often get rounded up uh, in, in, these, in these sweeps. Hmm. So... The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, uh, as a result of a legal settlement at federal court, because they got taken to court over this, okay. and they lost. Okay. And as part of the legal settlement, they have agreed to cease plainclothes patrols of bathrooms for lewdness, exposure, and uh, to also roll out LGBTQ sensitivity training. Hmm. Now... You, you know, our listeners might be thinking, okay, cool, well, if you're gay and after passing through the port of New, New York, mm. that's good news for you. But we talked about Toronto police. Yes. And how they spent a ridiculous amount of money. I want to say about 600 grand, but I forget if that's the exact number or not, on an undercover sting operation on men having sex with men in yeah. some parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where they arrested, I think, three people. Okay. <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, and these arrests were maybe close to even 15 people. Mm-hmm. But these arrests came just after they officially apologized for targeting the gay community. For doing raids, yeah. Know, for raiding the gay community over and over and over again. You know, if you are a charity and you have hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen, their fraud department is so woefully understaffed yeah, 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 that yeah. you don't have a hope in heck of ever recovering any of your funds. But if you're gay, you're yeah. walking in a park... Then they find the ability to do policing. And I think that's a it's a really smart angle because on the one hand, sex in public is illegal in Canada. Yeah, and we do not encourage it. You could disagree with the law, but the law is what it is. If it's you disagree with the law, then you can interact with the, the justice system and try to get that changed. That's up to you. But currently, it is illegal. And the police probably should do something about it. But they have a long list of other priorities. Missing persons, fraud gun crime like there's other things that quite frankly i would rather them focus on if they happen to be in the area and they get a call that there's 20 guys in a public bathroom 
messing up the light fixtures because the party is just way too wild. Uh, then, yeah, the, the police are in the area. They I, should show up. I mean, bylaw. That's a bylaw issue, in my opinion. You think it's a bylaw issue? I mean, everyone runs away from bylaw. Nobody wants to pay tickets. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on now. You, you think bylaw is more scary than the... Well, uh, maybe, I guess. But, yeah, it, it's... If somebody's in the area and there's a call, then, yeah, doing a sting operation, there are so many better places. And the use of plane calls, units, and yeah. evidence gathering. You know, it... We had the similar situation here in Ottawa. Yeah. And the Ottawa police's response to community complaints, yeah. valid complaints about, you know, discarded personal safety items in, in walkways and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people were like, this is untenable. There are children who use these spaces. Yeah. So what did they do? What many, many dollars did the Ottawa police spend? They spent, they sent their cheeriest, most outgoing like social police officer uh -huh. that they could find to park up at this park and he struck up a conversation an overly friendly <laughs> conversation with every man that showed up in that park but like hey bud how are you go how are you doing what's going on you're yeah, coming yeah, yeah, coming yeah. for a walk and that was more effective than any sting operation auto police has done for mm -hmm. decades mm -hmm. where he just like friendlied them out of the area and uh, yeah. very effective very effective the least they can do is go to the eagleston park and ride i mean no we're not gonna we are not recommending <laughs> you know, we you know this is the police could go there and and you know also be friendly but my point is these massive police operations that criminalize this behavior which warranted in some cases is criminal behavior mm -hmm. um only really ever does is target the gay community yeah. and some of whom get wrapped up in it and there are there are frankly just better ways of doing it that are also cheaper that are also yeah. cheaper all right i believe we have run out of time we are playing out with like that uh by Calsway. um i love the kind of funky vibe to this so i was all behind it is this the one that we played earlier yeah 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 this one i really like absolutely i've been nick smith and i did some action and thank you for listening Don't
questions We don't wanna know, no You know when she come right here, she ain't got no fear She a real deal, Matt She ain't gotta ask no call to remove my rope She got all my tracks If I gotta say her name, I'ma make it bang Like a ripped up name And you ain't gotta ask me twice, I'ma get her vibes Like a real I Wanna bring